Please stand for the reading of our gospel lesson. It's from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 7, and again 15 through 19. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we will go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, unable to haul in the net because the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved and said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord. He wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, Jesus said. Again, Jesus said, Simon of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Jesus, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. And now, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be pleasing and acceptable to you, for truly you are our source of strength, you are our source of hope, you are our Redeemer. Amen. Who are you, Lord? Have you ever asked Jesus Christ that question? Well, let me put it in context. When you found yourself experiencing a situation that threw you off guard, you had no idea that it was going to come into your life, you, your spiritual, your faith equilibrium was shaken. Have you ever asked a question, who are you, Lord? When things do not go as you think they are to go in your life, in your relationship, at work, at school, have you ever asked a question, who are you, Lord? I don't know about you, but I've had to ask that question. And what literally stands out in my mind, it happened probably, oh, maybe 20 years ago. I found myself standing in the room at a hospital. My loved one had been admitted, and I could not figure out how in heaven's name we had ended up in that place. I mean, after all, we both were believers. We trusted God. 
through Jesus Christ. And yet, here was my loved one. And I remember walking into the restroom of that hospital and saying this. This is confession. I don't like this. I don't like this. And guess what? Nothing changed. (laughs) Who are you, Lord? As I looked at the text for today and the question that was raised, I recognized the fact that um, as followers of Jesus Christ, at times in our lives, we may ask our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that question. We have a relationship with them, right? But we may still ask that question on this journey called discipleship because we don't understand who he is. I would suggest to you, however, that as we look at the text written recorded in Acts, and thank you, Rob, for the reading of the scripture today, uh, this encounter that Saul has on this Damascus road, when he asks the question, who are you, Lord? He has no clue. When he uses the term Lord, he's not referring to Jesus Christ. He's only using a term of respect because he recognizes with all of the lighting that he sees that someone who is in authority has encountered him. Uh, We do know that God has demonstrated God's appearances through lights, through thunder, through lightning. As we look at the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 6, Ezekiel and Exodus, we see God using the light. When Moses went up to the mountains and he had this conversation with God, God said to him, now I'm going to meet with the people tomorrow, so prepare them. And the next day, God through lightning and thunder, he, he encounters the people. So what, what Saul knows is that he, he, he is having an experience with an authority, but he doesn't know who he is. And, 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 and he asks the question, who are you, Lord? Now, we like to look at this particular text as a, a conversion text, and I would concur with you that, yes, Saul has an encounter with the awesome living God because after Saul raises the question, Jesus answers the question, right? He says, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. Why are you persecuting me? And that's the beginning of Saul's journey as a believer of Jesus Christ. Now, if I were to ask you to think back to that time when um, you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Some of you will tell me, Pastor, I remember it was on Wednesday, and you'll give me the time of day and the year. For others, you'll say, you know, I, I just don't remember. I've always been a part of the church. I've always had a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. I, I just don't remember. So I just want to share with you that I'm not going to focus on on Paul's conversion today per se, but I think there's something more in this text that we as followers of Jesus Christ need to look at, pause, and and let's take a moment. You see, I'm introduced to Saul, which that's the name that he's given in Acts chapter 9. I'm introduced to Saul back in Acts chapter 7. 
You remember the story. You remember that in chapter 6, watch out, Pastor, you're moving backwards now. Give me a moment. In chapter 6 of Acts, we find out that within this new community of faith, this new Christian community, the Hellenists and the Hebrews are not getting along very well. As a matter of fact, the Hellenists say to the apostles, the distribution of resources is being carried out in an unfair way. Go back and read Acts chapter 6, within the community of faith. And so the apostles say, well, let us set aside men who can handle that problem and we'll continue to devote ourselves to the word, Acts chapter 6. And so one of the men who is set aside is Stephen, Acts chapter 6. Stephen, we're told that he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he has to respect the people. So we're first introduced to him in Acts chapter 6. But then in Acts chapter 7, we find out that Stephen, who is committed to his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to the command that Jesus Christ has given to his followers, and that is to go and make disciples, tell people about me, Stephen is doing that. And, of course, he's doing it amongst his his Jewish brothers. And that's when he gets in trouble, Acts chapter 7. And so the Jews are furious. They arrest him. And and, and in Acts chapter 7, I love what, what Stephen does. He gives them a history lesson. He goes back and recounts how God called Abraham. And read the story. Read the story of Vangel Heights family, friends, and visitors. But as he continues to recount the history of the Israelites, he then says to them, but it was your foreparents who were, and I'm going to use another language, who turned their hearts away from God. And when they heard that, when his listeners heard that, they became enraged. They, they, they were furious. You know what they did, right? You know that they took Stephen and they stoned Stephen and they laid their cloths before Saul as they continued to stone Stephen. And this is what Stephen said before he died. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And then if you were to read chapter 8, it tells you that that Saul, with all of his power, proceeds to go after the men and women of the way, followers of Jesus Christ. I mean, he's, he's on a mission. He's on a mission. And so he decides, after leaving Jerusalem, after finding men and women of the way in Jerusalem, he decides to travel to Damascus. Pastor, why are you giving us all of this information? Because I want you to understand how your belief system can drive you to do things that may be contrary to what Jesus Christ would have you to do. I want you to think about that for a moment. Because, you see, when I look at this particular pericope, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6 is what we heard in our hearing today, but if you were to continue to read through verse 20, you will discover how, in part, your belief system, my belief system, may get in the way of what Jesus Christ is calling us to do. You see, Paul, he'll tell you, 
He was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He'd been trained and taught by the best, Gamaliel. He knew the law of Moses. And what he knew, his belief system, was that the people of the way were, con- were contradicting what God had said. Well, that's what he, that's what he thought until he had an encounter with the awesome living God. I will not say this too many times. I'm glad when people come to church to worship. I'm glad when people come to church to fellowship. I'm glad when people come to church to pray. I'm glad when we all show up. All of that does not and never will take the place of an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ a relationship that continues to change us and transform us. Yes, people can tell us when they invited Jesus Christ into their lives and when they um, became a disciple of Jesus Christ, but I've got news for you. He's still been working in our lives from that moment until today. He's still calling us to grow and to stretch and to discover something more and new about him. So how is he working in your life today? Pastor Michelle, how is he working in your life today? What have you discovered new about Jesus Christ since last month? Paul had a belief system that got in the way of his discovering that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Tell me about your belief system, Pastor Michelle. Tell me about your belief system, Evangel Heights Church family and friends. Friends, is it in alignment with who Jesus Christ says he is? And is it in alignment with carrying out the will of God as revealed through Jesus Christ? Wow. I've told you the story in growing up as a Protestant. I, I, I just knew that we were God's favorite people. And I knew that, that, that persons who had embraced Catholicism were not God's favorite people. And then one day, I experienced a blinding light. Her name was Sister Naomi. And God used this, his servant, to help me to see that my belief system was incorrect. God used Sister Naomi to reveal to me, Michelle, Your prejudicious attitude is not of me. God used Sister Naomi. Are you ready for this? God used Sister Naomi to bring me into a closer, more intimate relationship with God. Tell me about your belief system. Is it in alignment with who Jesus Christ says? Jesus Christ is, or is it not? See, see, this is what I know, Evangel Heights Church family and friends. See, what happened to Paul is that Paul 
was blinded by the light. And God used, Jesus used one of his disciples to help Saul understand that he needed to expand, change his belief system. We're living in a time today whereby I would suggest to you followers of Jesus Christ are confusing the belief system of society with Jesus Christ's belief system. Let me make it plain and make it very clear. Jesus Christ has revealed to us through his life, through his encounter with people, that there is no us versus them. Jesus Christ has reminded us that he loves everybody. Jesus Christ has taught us that he's concerned about the marginalized, the oppressed, the invisible. Jesus Christ has has taught us through his life example that there is no place where he will not go to share the awesome, transformative love of God. Tell me, Pastor Michelle, about your belief system. Evangel Heights Church family and friends, what's our belief system? Do we believe that as the community of faith, the body of Jesus Christ, that we are to go wherever and whenever Jesus Christ calls us to go, to engage with people whom we normally would not engage with, and yet by engaging with them, we discover something about ourselves, we discover something more about Jesus Christ, and our understanding of God's love is expanded. Yes, when I look at this particular pericope found in Acts, I'm, I'm mindful of the fact that Saul, whose name later was called, whose name was changed to Paul, has to wrestle with his belief system. <laughs> and God uses one of his own, a follower of Jesus Christ, to help Saul understand who Jesus Christ really is. So the question that I leave with you today is uh, this question. Are you willing to be that light that Jesus Christ wants to use to help someone understand their belief system? Asking the question, is it in alignment with who Jesus Christ has revealed himself to be? Or is it not? And, and let me just say, if you find that, that a belief system is not of Jesus Christ, that, that's no reason to demonize anyone. No, it's an opportunity to share with them who Jesus Christ is to you and the impact Jesus Christ has had on your life. There's a song, it's one of my favorite songs, it's, it's um, 
It's called um, Yes. My soul says yes. If you lead the way, I'll follow because my soul says yes. But there's another song that is dear to my heart, and, and the staff knows that. And it's the song that we're going to sing in a moment. See, here's the thing. Jesus Christ asked us, if I but call your name, if I call, if I call your name, if, if I call your name, if I call your name, if I call your name, will you follow me? Not according to the map you've already laid out regarding your life, but will you follow me and, and go to places that you've not even thought about? I mean, who would have thunk it 10 years ago that I would be here at Evangel Heights United Methodist Church? Who would have thunk it, Dr. Gongwer, that 40 years ago you would be in Ghana establishing a ministry there, medical ministry there? Who, who would have thunk it? But here's the question that he asked all of us. Will you follow me? Don't set up any boundaries. Will you follow me if I call your name? And here's the thing, when we said yes to him, when we invited Jesus Christ into our lives, we said yes to him, Rob. No strings attached. We said yes. I'll go. I may not understand all that you're requiring of me, but I'll go. Because you see, in closing, Evangel Heights Church family, friends, and visitors, you will never, I will never, ever experience the woman, the man, the person whom God is calling us to be without an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. So here's the question. Will you follow me, he asked, if I but call your name? Well, we know, <laughs> we know that uh, this Saul said, yes, I'll follow you. I'll follow you. When you read uh, the rest of Acts chapter 9, um, verses 7 through 20, what we know is that when um, Ananias uh, talked to Paul, he let Paul know, Saul, in Acts 9, he let him know who had called him by name. And Ananias really repeated to Saul what the Lord had said to Ananias. The Lord said to Ananias, yeah, you're going to talk to him. I know you're afraid of him. You've heard about his reputation, but you're going to let him know that I've called him. And, and he's going to suffer for me. Now, let's be real clear about that. All of us, when we say yes, we're saying yes to the plans that God has for our lives. And we may not understand them at the time, but this is what I've discovered, beloved, that those plans are the best plans for us. I told you that I was in that hospital room with a loved one, and I, and I asked, who are you, Lord? In other words, what are you doing? This is not according to my belief system regarding you. 
And God just reminded me through that experience. And even as I look back on that experience today, God reminded me, Michelle, your thoughts about me are limited. Your understanding of me is limited. But if you will trust me and follow me, I will show you how what you thought was not of my will really was. This is why I am a follower of Jesus Christ today. I've not arrived. You know that. (laughs) You've not arrived. I know that. But what I know is that the God whom we serve through Jesus Christ is worth our following. Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of humankind all that God has for those who love him and who trust him. I want to see what the end is going to be for me and what I know is that I've not begun to see all that God has in store for me. Evangel Heights, I want to see what God has in store for us as a community of faith. And so he asked the question, will you follow me? Will you lay aside your own belief system of what you think I should be doing, I should be saying? Will you just trust me? Will you follow me if I but call your name? I pray for you as I pray for me that every step of the way I will say yes. Loving God, we thank you for the ways in which you through Jesus Christ continue. You continue to reveal yourself to us. Help us to be open and help us to say yes. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen.